Hi everyone, I'm Anna Neaton. And I'm Lily Pebbles. And welcome back to At Home With. Episode 6. I can't believe we're here already. I can't believe it. That's over halfway through. We are over halfway through, guys. It's kind of sad. I know, it is sad. But we've got some really cracking guests. We do. Coming up. We have an amazing guest this week, one we've been so excited to share with you. But before we do, thank you for your feedback on last week's episode. We got so many amazing comments and we loved hearing how many of you were discovering Charlie for the first time because, as you know, we just love her. On Twitter, at Alice Porter X said, Love the most recent episode of At Home With so much that after never knowing anything about Charlie Cox before, I've bought her book and I'm incredibly excited to read it. The best episode yet. Oh, that's so nice. And at Natty Creates tweeted, Absolutely love today's episode of At Home With podcast with the unbelievably talented Charlie Cox. As a young creative, it's so lovely to hear about the career of someone so early on in their journey too. P.S. I cannot get over the Jack story. I love the Jack story. It was so good. (laughs) What amazing feedback. And I've seen that Charlie's been tweeting people back, so I know she's so grateful too. I was going to say, I think it was also an interesting episode because I don't think poetry is something that we talk about, we speak Mm. about much in our modern society. I think it's because we're just like hammered over the head with our GCSE poetry (laughs) anthologies. Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) So I saw so much feedback from people that were saying, I really wasn't expecting to hear a poem at like seven o'clock in the morning when I was listening to this, but it made a really nice change. Someone tweeted, blimey, that poem. When you bought the book straight away. (laughs) Exactly, and I think that was really cool and it created a conversation around that that was a little bit different. Yeah, I love it. thanks for that, Charlie. If you'd like to get involved and give us feedback, then please, use the hashtag at home with and we'll read out our favorites on next week's episode please subscribe to hear about future episodes and if you'd like to rate and review us on itunes we really appreciate that and you can also listen along on Acast if you want to see the photos of our guests homes and this one you're going to want to do that so you know yeah get on Acast now So what have you been up to? I feel like I know what you're going to talk about and I want to hear all about it. What have you been up to over the weekend? Me and Lily actually haven't spoken about this yet. We were like, no, saving this for the podcast. This weekend, I went to Brighton Pride, which for me is just an amazing day. It is the best day in Brighton. I feel like it's a real family event that kids come to and my friend Sammy made friends with this couple next to us who are in their 70s they've moved down from up north (laughs) they would bring their grandchildren now they've like lived down in Brighton and Hove for like four or five years they come down to watch the festival every year and this year they'd bought their children and their grandchildren that's so cute it was the nicest thing I'm so jealous I'm just next year next year I'm like I'm I'm taking my parents I'm taking my friends you and Rich can come down I feel like there was also some really poignant floats in the parade as well and there was an empty float to mark the fact that none of the 500 premiership footballers are openly gay wow which is just a really that's insane fact. And so it was empty and it was just saying like come on guys like there's a float for you if you want it and wow. we'd all love you and accept you and a lot of people celebrating those who can't or are unable to for a whole like load of different reasons and it was just so much love it just made me really teary in places yeah. i was like oh just so much love but of course britney spears played how Pride many people were there 57000 i saw people. footage in say where was it oh wee little park like really oh really not much of a park we were packed in like sardines but the atmosphere was in Incredible. It was so fun. Best song? 
Oh, toxic was great because oh. everyone knows the words to toxic. You drive me crazy. Yeah, you drive me crazy. I like put my phone away. <laughs> I jumped around. I was bouncing on the spot. I was the only one bouncing, and I was like, I don't care because this is my jam. Was she good live? I mean, she lip synced the whole thing, <laughs> Love but her. her dancing was incredible. She looked absolutely great in her costumes. And we had had a lot of rosé by that point. She could have come out in a bin bag and I would have been like, yes, (laughs) you go, girl. That sounds incredible. I'm so jealous. What a weekend. Also, we did that thing. I wanted to mention this to you because I thought you'd appreciate it. Me and my friends drank so much rosé that we had a party, like just three people in my front room, like music up at like 5 p.m. And then we did that thing where we cried because we love each other so much. (laughs) Yes, that's what I do when I'm drunk. (laughs) It was just like your head do. Like we sat there and... I think I started it and then my other friend went and then one of my friends has been really strong but then she went too and it was like I just love you like you're like my sisters to me and it was great what did you get up to this weekend? well nothing that exciting (laughs) really I had to really think of something that I did this weekend but we did have a really lovely family picnic on Saturday I saw yeah for my dad's birthday because we're all going to be away for his birthday so it was a little like pre-birthday treat we get together as a family a lot but this was extra special because we played rounders and we just never play like games like that and we played like proper game of rounders split into two teams there are so many of us we had enough for two teams it's ridiculous and we like taught the kids because they'd never played like the six-year-olds had never played rounders there was a few tears when they didn't understand that like getting out wasn't the worst thing in the world (laughs) you know i was the last one standing on my team proud yeah i love a game of rounders yeah, a sporting game that doesn't involve too much running. Yeah. I'm into. Yeah. It doesn't involve too much running. You've got to run around, but that's fine. It's all right. We use a yeah. lot of like, kids' tennis rackets as well. It was so fun. It was so nice. The weather was amazing. Yeah, it was just a really nice day. That's, that's so nice. <laughs> okay, on to this week's guest. It is the lovely and effortlessly cool Lucy Williams. Oh my God. And I remember we were thinking about the guest list for this season and we were like, I want something fashion-y. Like we just love their style. And when we thought of Lucy, it was like I think I, shout- I think I shouted it and we were like, yes, yes. <laughs> of course it has to be Lucy Williams. And so we are both so happy to bring you this episode. She's one of the coolest girls on Instagram and we just knew her home would be as stylish as she is. Lucy runs the blog Fashion Me Now and has worked in some incredible collaborations like her jewellery collection with Masoma London, which I am wearing now. I'm going to jingle them and I there love There you go, here jingle jangle. We also met her adorable dog Finn. Now, don't hate me, but I wouldn't say I'm much of like a dog or a cat person but this dog oh my god it was when he like crawled onto your lap and just like rested his head on your arm and I was like oh my god what is happening (laughs) he's just so cute cute. I took a photo we're definitely gonna put those on the ACAST app we put that in the ACAST app he was an adorable dog and we also got a peek inside her wardrobe and got some very helpful styling tips and I'm just so happy that it was recorded and that we just have this to listen back to because otherwise I would definitely be making notes. Definitely, me too. We talked about body confidence and being camera shy. I was actually quite surprised that she was talking about how she used to hate being on camera yeah. and the future of the Lucy Williams brand. Very exciting stuff coming up. Her home was gorgeous so don't forget to listen on the Acast app to see some photos. But I hope you enjoy listening to this episode because we absolutely loved recording it. We left feeling totally inspired and all also full of blueberries she fed us really good like fruit and cake and just in time for a trip to Ibiza this weekend which we will talk more about in another episode but she gave us some great recommendations for there so we are very ready for some homeware shopping in Ibiza so get comfy and enjoy listening here is at home with Lucy Williams (laughs) 
like for this one we've had to really think about what we're wearing because we're going to like the queen of styles house <laughs> and i'm gutted i forgot to put perfume on i was gonna wear my like cool girl perfume Oh, see, I put it on and then forgot to bring it with me. So now I'm just a, a tube sweat kind of uh, scent going on. I'm like excited and nervous. I'm, I'm such a super fan. Yeah, I am too. How are we going to play it cool? I don't know. I don't know. My smile is too big. I have people in my Pilates lesson that were like, oh my God, I cannot believe you're going to Lucy Williams' house. This is amazing. Uh, Here we go. Okay. I regret not eating breakfast. I'm very <laughs> excited to see her dog. She has a dog? Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's called Finn. Oh, cute name. I love like, human names for dogs. <laughs> Hello. 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 How are you doing? I'm Good. Oh, I tried oh, to shut him in the kitchen. Oh, Don't run out. Don't run out. Oh my gosh. He's so cute. Obviously, there's the whole your background. Where did you start? Yeah. Looking at your career and what you've done, your career has started off in quite a different place to other bloggers. Most other bloggers have done PR, marketing, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You started off in journalism and yeah. then went to trend forecasting, which is pretty darn cool. <laughs> do you think that that background has really helped you with what you do now? So, yeah, so I started off, my first ever job was at sheerlux.com. And it was like a proper techie admin role. It was like tagging things in the back end and a bit of editorial copywriting went on to InStyle I was there for a year and that was amazing it was very much like I was working in the fashion cupboard doing shoots first time I'd kind of been you know doing these big celebrity shoots and doing fashion week and parties and I, you know I was like 23 and it was all really fun but also like I knew nothing I was so green when I'm stressed I lose all common sense mm. so just made all these <laughs> ridiculous mistakes constantly but in a way, it was funny because I always, throughout university, I was like, I want to work at Vogue, I, I want to be an editor. And then when I got into magazines, I just quite quickly realised that I wasn't really cut out for it. Suddenly, like, managing a big team of people maybe isn't what I want to do. Mm. And also being able to actually have the freedom to just write about whatever you want rather than what someone else is telling you to write about. You know, magazines, you know, they're very controlled by advertising there's a lot of stuff that goes on that you don't see when they end up on the shelves and I still love magazines now I still love traditional media and editorials but yeah it maybe spurred me on to kind of do my own thing a bit more I think and mm. I think in trend forecasting because when I went into that for three years it was that gave me a real it was it was great because I think it was slightly on the periphery of the fashion industry like I wasn't in the thick of it yeah so I had like my evenings and my weekends to just to to do my own stuff and in my day job I was just writing about like catwalk analysis and it was very quite like it was a b2b company so it was very like no, no personality no voice it was just the facts mm -hmm. but I remember writing stuff about like you know YouTube and like oh you need to know about this thing called Instagram and you know it's just like so so it sounds so old school now but um yeah I guess it, that almost it pushed me actually to want to do my own thing because I'd never quite settled on like I never quite found the sort of dream job and then suddenly the dream job sort of 
was something that I was doing for myself. It was quite weird, like a job that didn't exist when I graduated. I was suddenly like, huh, this allows me to do everything that I want to do. Amazing. So is that when you started your blog, when you were working at the Trend Forecasting? So I actually, I think I started my blog about nine years ago now. Um, But like very kind of old school, like blogspot.com. It was almost like an old Tumblr. I think, you know, writing about like, I've watched a film and why I like the fashion in it, (laughs) like that kind of thing. And that was just, I think, again, it was when I was trying to intern and someone said to me, why don't you start a blog so you've got something to talk about in interviews and... I was just starting to get into blogs. So I was sort of like, yeah, okay, fine, I'll set one up, I'll do it. But this is back when taking pictures of yourself was not the norm. I felt really ashamed that I had this little, you know, it's when I first started posting pictures of myself on there. It was a bit of a dirty secret. Like I would never tell friends that I had it and just kind of, I don't know, but it, it happened at the right time because when I was working in style, you know, they always do like what the team are wearing, how the editors are styling it. So I'd sometimes like use those features and put them on my blog. And I was doing Fashion Week literally just when Street Style was starting. So you'd have your picture taken and then the photographer would have a chat for 20 minutes. Which would never happen now. <laughs> but you, so you kind of built up these relationships with other people that had their own blogs and... We sort of did little shoots together and it was just really like, it was a, yeah, I feel really lucky that I kind of started it when I did. Because I think if you were starting in it now, like, it just feels like such a different beast to what it was then. Well, it's a, it's a job now. We yeah. know that it's a job. Yeah. I mean, we started our blogs, what, eight, eight years, years ago, ago yeah. now? So a similar time and yeah. it's a hobby and then all of a sudden, exactly. it sounds, it was really interesting hearing you talk through that because I feel like the same happened to me with jobs. I yeah. had jobs and just never really stumbled across the perfect one yeah. and then sort of out of nowhere. Yeah, you're like, oh. Yeah, this hobby then, you're like, oh, and you realise the perfect You realise you've got actually the sort of personality where you don't like being told what exactly. to write. You just want to do your own thing. Exactly. It's like something you kind of knew in school but until you get a job, yeah. you're like, oh, right, I'm one of those people that can't have a boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds like all of your attributes and what you enjoyed is kind of perfect for yeah. blogging in a way. Well, that's the thing. I think I don't think there's that many other jobs. I mean, now and I think the world is a lot more like everyone's a slash, like everyone's doing lots of different things. But when I left school, it was like, you know, I remember doing, I don't know if you guys did this, like one of those penguin questionnaires at school about like, you should be a librarian. And you're like, <laughs> great. What did yours come out as? I, I had publishing. Which okay. makes sense, which makes wow. sense. Yeah. I did actually think about going into publishing because I, you know, I love books. But actually, publishing's hard. Like, some of my friends that went into that, you know, it's, you really have to slog it out to get to where you want to be. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that far off. But oh, I, was, um, I was only ever into art, music and drama, so mine always came out as really unrealistic things. Like, <laughs> an actress or a music teacher. I'm like, this is so unhelpful. I think I got teacher or, like, counsellor. I can yeah. see that. I can see you yeah, being a teacher. Yeah, the, the classic. The classic. Careers so. teacher, you'd be good at that. One day, that's plan B. Yeah, exactly. It's always good to have a plan B. Plan B Yeah. So I think, although your blog and Instagram or your channels cover similar categories to others, like fashion and beauty and lifestyle, I think... Your content always stands out as being really unique and different. That's what we love Aww. about so what Lucy. you do. You could like cover your face and be like, yeah, that's Lucy. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Is that something you think about, like making your content stand out? Uh, not, no, not in that kind of terms. No, I definitely don't. No, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Then. I don't that's know. That's even better. No, I mean, I think it's been a process. Sorry, my dog's like hauling a bone around in the background. Oh, we love your dog. Yeah, no, I think it's been a process. I feel like now I'm at that point where what I'm wearing to how I want pictures to look, I feel very, like, settled in my own skin. I feel very happy. You know, just finding your own style, like, yeah. you know, getting caught up in the Instagram hole of sort of 
feeling like you need to do what everyone else is doing or I don't know you just sort of figure your way through it and then some some eventually I feel like you come out the other side and you're like oh okay now this feels like me and yeah it just suddenly feels a bit easier Um, it's hard not to get sucked into that whole like well this does well on Instagram you know the whole like fairy tale thing does very well on Instagram like how do you find your your own style um I think obviously I mean I think for me there's always certain things that I hate the word tomboy. I don't know how else to describe it. I've always been a bit of a tomboy growing up. So that's sort of very... I mean, I can. I love dresses and stuff, but I could never go down that kind of fairy tale sort of dreamscape kind of route. So there's those, you know, I think there's always those certain things in your personality that kind of dictate a, a bit of how you want it to be. But I don't, I don't know. I think it's like a real trial and error, mm. you know? You've got to make those mistakes, wear those things that you look back on and you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? <laughs> and I think when I worked in magazines, I was much more like, was a bit of a slave to the trends, you know, because you're constantly writing about fringing and now we're really into 80s style and I was just decking myself out in all these trends. And the older I get, the more I'm kind of like, I don't know, I'm better at handpicking them maybe or just being like, that's cool, but it wouldn't work on me, so I'm just going to leave it. I don't know, I think also I'm, I'm now I'm at that point where I'm like, if you like it, wear it. If it makes you happy, shoot it. I think overthinking things can kill things as well. Like if you overthink and you want something to look cool or you want something to look, or you sort of wonder, I don't know. Yeah, because your style of photography does look natural. And it, it's, as someone who does this as well, I know how hard that is. Like, yeah. every time I'm like, say to Rich, I'm like, look at Lucy Williams. <laughs> and then I end up, like, just standing and posing. And it's like, how do you, like, getting those natural shots? Like, when it comes to photography, yeah. who shoots for you? And do you kind of direct it? So I have been shooting pretty much with the same person for about four years now, Francis, who... We met seven years ago at Fashion Week and we kind of have been pals ever since. So she shoots with me. Or if I'm away, if I'm on holiday or something, I get a friend or boyfriend or just, you know... I, I mean, I find shooting on film helps a lot, with when, especially with friends and boyfriends because it makes... Anyth- it sort of softens everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And, yeah, I find that just... Sort of, it makes anything look a bit cooler basically so I quite like film and it also that sort of takes the element of uh, again overthinking looking at all your pictures and going no take a hundred more because you only have what you take I think yeah with shooting with Francis we've definitely built up this we have quite a similar uh quite a similar aesthetic we know we we like things to be quite warm and I don't know just a bit sort of easygoing feeling like you would look back at some of the pictures that I was posting like four years ago and you'd be like that is, that is not cool. So, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it, it, it is now it is easy and we can, sh- we know how we, how we shoot, but it's, I think it's to get those kind of shots, which look like that sort of effortless thing. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's a confidence thing. Like you just yeah. have to kind of like bound around and move your body and just sort of mm-hmm. like take pictures really quickly. I quite like things when things are out of focus and not perfect and, I don't know, it just sort of, yeah. And I guess working with a photographer that you know well and shoot yeah, with often, exactly. they, they can just kind of go for it and take photos rather than like saying, I'm going to stand here, now you take a photo like that. Yeah, 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 just... exactly. You kind of have to be, I mean, we both kind of work together. Like I'll be like, I really want to try and get this kind of thing or I think from this would be cool. And then sometimes we're doing it, we're like, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> you know, we just sort of yeah. figure it out. And she's great at sort of, you know, getting those kind of slightly weirder shots mm. as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's just sort of, 
happened. I love it. But I, I love that you, that's so nice that you like them because you know, it's <laughs> yeah. always that thing where. Oh my God, we love them. <laughs> we're like playing it down, we're playing it cool. The Instagram like saved section is Lucy Williams, Lucy Williams, Lizzie, Lucy Williams. I feel like you've obviously got the photography side of your blog down. You've collaborated <laughs> for years, you've got that down. But I think the thing that sets your blog aside from other people's is that you also really enjoy writing. Yeah. Because you did an English literature yeah, degree. Yeah, good knowledge. Yeah, there you go. We've done our research. <laughs> What's your favourite part of the job? Do you really enjoy that writing or the photography more? Mm, oh, it's tricky. I love writing, but I have to say, recently I find, I'm finding it harder and harder to find the time to to write about what I want to write about. Like, now on my blog, I kind of want to take my blog down the route where it's just travel content, mm-hmm. like travel and fashion content, and then those more, like, meaty, sort of just lifestyle wordy pieces. Because, like, at the moment, in truth now, I don't really have that much interest in writing about clothes, mm-hmm. <laughs> truth be told. But I love writing about stuff like, you know... I don't know, life stuff or kind of body image. Just things like I really want to do some sort of, I do these kind of like lessons posts, which sounds really self-involved, like I'm like spouting wisdom, <laughs> which I promise they're like, I'm really trying not they're to not, let them be like that. Right, so. But yeah, I, I, so I don't know. I love the writing. Time-wise, I definitely probably spend more time doing the more kind of creative, like creative direction, image production, that side of things. Where do you find it easiest and when to write? Because that's something I struggle with as well, like just sitting down and having no distractions. Yeah, it's hard. Just feeling in the mood to write. You know what? I, f- I end up writing in the weirdest times. Like I'll be like sitting on a, pl- a delayed plane at <laughs> six in the morning and I'll write like a whole thing on my phone and then copy and paste it. But I'm like, where did that come from? So, yeah. you know, weird things like that or just, yeah, often when I'm traveling or in airports, I find that I want to write not that productive writing at home I have to say I'm good at like emails and editing I can get down to that stuff at home but sometimes I think you have to be in like a different space to like write yeah and when but when I when you get it you just have to kind of go with it because you don't know when it's gonna when you're gonna get it again but yeah I mean both I never want to give up either I have to say I would never want to not write like just doing Instagram or something just wouldn't be wouldn't be enough I I don't think it's, it's probably because there's just there's such a focus on images these days it is instagram stories instagram tv Mm. instagram even youtube which you've dabbled in it is a very visual thing so i think it's nice you still keep the blog going but obviously yeah definitely you know things go in a different route that's the thing i think yeah i think as long as i've always got that outlet where i can i mean i'd love to have more time to do all these things i find being yeah time poor is just it's like a constant yeah you need to clone yourself, Lucy. I know, I know. <laughs> we all need to clone ourselves. Yeah, That's the truth. It's more than just about the photos and the writing the blog posts as well. I love that on your About Me page, you've got just a list of all your recommendations. It's genius. Oh, yeah. It's like favourite films, favourite restaurants. That probably needs updating, to be fair. <laughs> favourite places to shop. It's like oh. basically every Lucy Williams recommendation you could need. So it's kind of more like selling a lifestyle, really. Does that come with any kind of pressure, do you think? No, I guess I feel pressure in a way where on social stuff, you know, when I'm on holiday with friends or something and all the friends that I'm with are kind of posting these hilarious Instagram (laughs) stories, I do feel slightly conscious of kind of, you know, not filling up my Instagram stories with sort of people... I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Protecting your that friends and family. That sounds rude, but that sounds really like me. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I don't really post friends on my Instagram, yeah. which I'm always like, 
do my friends think I'm really not, don't want to post them, but it's more like a protective thing. Yeah. Have you ever thought about having a personal Instagram, like a private one? I have one? thought, yeah. It does help with like, uh, yeah. just wanting to like put crap up. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> those sort of, like my sense, sometimes like, yeah, just ha- putting those, that's sort of, those sort of random things yeah. up and captioning things where like, it's a bit of an in-joke that no one else would really get, you yeah. know? But I've just, yeah, I've never done it. But I, I do get, quite I get like that to. as well. Like my friend put something up that was like like semi-offensive, but it was also really funny. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, I could never post no, something like that. <laughs> I know, that's the thing. And I mean, it's things like even like, you know, I don't even post Finn that much because you always, you're always going to get people going, just be careful because I once fed my dog that and he choked and went in a coma. And you're like, oh, great. Thanks for the <laughs> advice. That's great. So, you know, you're just kind of like, I feel like I'm slightly like... More just censored, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I try and be pretty open and honest as as much as you can, but there's always going to be that when you have a big audience, it always comes with a little bit of like a little bit of a self preservation thing around it, maybe. I'm I'm kind of similar when it comes to me. I feel like it's it's fair game. Yeah, I'll be as open exactly. and honest as I can. But yeah, with friends and family, there's a bit of a protective yeah, yeah, barrier yeah. there. And you picked up on it earlier, but the chat about body confidence and body positivity. Yeah. I love your blog post about oh, that. Because I feel like people seem to think that it's a size thing. Yeah. If you're really tiny or maybe on the larger side, that's when you yeah. have body confidence issues. But it's something for everyone. It is something for we everyone. We all feel Definitely. this. Definitely. Definitely. All feel this from time to time. And do you feel like that's helped in a way sort of being so open about it? I'm guessing you would have got loads of replies yeah. back from that. I think it has helped. I think... Um, Again, I feel like this job has been like a sort of blessing and a curse with that side of things because it's not a normal job to look at thousands of pictures of yourself a week. Oh. You know, and that's, that's one part of the job that took me a long time to get used to because I was never that person that was like dancing in front of the camera. I mean, great if you are that person, but I was always like, no, I don't want my picture taken. So it sort of just was a weird thing that that's what I ended up doing. So I definitely had those moments where, um, you know, I was be taking pictures with my you know ex-boyfriend or whatever and look at these pictures and you'd see you know the light would be whatever shining right on your cellulite or there'd be whatever you'd be or you'd just it's like a roll in your body you, and yeah. you'd be a roll and yeah I just it would like kill my day like literally kill my day like I would turn into a bit of a like really upset moody like it was just like there were tears you know and it sounds so ridiculous to say that because like you know, get over yourself, fine. But everyone has, I think everyone yeah. has those moments of really, really hating on yourself. But then on the flip side, I think because I'm doing this job and I see how many pictures are taken, you know, I know the effort that goes into it. I know, that, you know, the best light of the day is this time of day and stuff. That now, if I take a picture at a certain time of day and it's not great, I'm just like, I know that there are, there are the best models in the world out there can have a bad picture at the wrong, you know, the wrong angle, the wrong time. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, I work out a couple of times a week. I eat pretty much what I want. And I'm like, that's all I can do. So, yeah. and I just don't let myself go down that vacuum of like beating yourself up mentally and being like, oh, I wish I didn't have this. I wish I didn't have that. Because it's just like, well, so yeah, I get it's with the whole body image thing. It's a funny one. Obviously, I still have, you know, you're always going to have ups and downs. I think kind of doing this job, you know, you have to kind of go down before you can come back up. And now yeah. I've come out the other side. I feel much more, and also I feel like quite responsible in that sense. I feel like I'm almost part of the problem. You know, when you're on Instagram and you're posting pictures and obviously we're going to choose the good pictures. I have in the past posted pictures of stretch marks and stuff, but I'm not going to want to do that all the time. So I do feel responsible to kind of make it clear that there are thousands of pictures I didn't choose to post and... 
just I yeah. love a beh- I love like an outtake on the stories and people yeah, post or like they do exactly. the swipe yeah. um, so like you said you weren't ever comfortable in front of the camera at the beginning so how do you deal with any sort of like negativity you get online like how do you get over that yeah I mean I will preface this by saying I'm not I don't do that much on YouTube so I don't know how like yeah, YouTube, YouTube is, is a, a different monster. beast <laughs> yeah it really is um so I'm in awe of people who do like uh, you know doing videos on YouTube because I think that I get I just get too scared everyone's like do more videos I'm like I'm too scared but I will (laughs) I will eventually but I don't know negativity most negativity doesn't really phase me that much anymore like I get more upset when people say something like you know Lucy I really liked your blog for years but I just think it's changed recently and I don't like you know like that people are disappointed disappointed that's what I always say if someone says like hair's frizzy I'm like yeah so what I know but they're like don't like the way you've done this. I it's know. Like, oh, it's like the old, like, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. Yeah. Or oh, that, that's it's killer. But if someone's like, I mean, I've had, you know, I've had comments being like, oh, if you did a few more sit-ups, you'd have a really good figure <gasps> on the same day as you're a bad influence on young girls, you're too thin. So I'm like, pick one. Which one do you want? You know, yeah. it's just like, and, and actually now I actually don't get, I just don't really get that much negativity. And when I do, it's, you know, I, I actually, I feel like I take the like, James Blunt route instead of just reply. Just you like, reply. I reply. That's like, so just, but just more in like a tongue and cheek way. Yeah. Like I would never reply in an Aggie way, but just kind of like. Thanks so much. So kind of you. Yeah, just kind of like, or if someone's like, put someone tag someone and this is a case in point way not to do X, Y, and Z. I'll just reply sort of doing X, Y, and Z. You know, whatever. Like I just, I don't know. As long as I know that what I'm doing is kind of moral and ethical and all, every, and you know, I'm not doing anything wrong and. You can sleep. You can sleep. And I, at yeah, night. then yeah. then I just feel I feel like well, you know, yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it gets better with age, doesn't it? You know, when you're first starting out, you feel like it, like one person's criticism takes it the whole you know all the wind out of you. Whereas now I'm like. Yeah, yeah. I don't you know. need to have a certain element of self confidence to be like, it's okay. It doesn't matter that they disagree. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. about your home and where we are at the moment because I mean we walked in and we were like well the whole corridor is like navy blue with white wood floors amazing and then you come into this massive open room at the back that's all open plan I love it Hmm. so it's like your kitchen living room all combined yeah before I bought it they'd done a side return they'd done an extension so they did all the kind of structural work but it was very different when I got here it was kind of very kind of cream and just a very different kind of vibe. I put most of the lighting in, just redid the garden as well, so that really opens it up as well. It's kind of like having an extra room. Mm. But yeah, I quite like it all being one space. I don't know, it's, I'm not, I would never have thought that I was an open plan kind of person. I mean, obviously if I had a house, it's quite nice to have a bit of separation. But I think when you're in a sort of garden flat, you kind of, just to stop it from feeling pokey in London, sometimes it's quite nice to have everything flowing together. I don't know. It definitely doesn't feel pokey. There's amazing kind of blue velvet sofa, which is gorgeous. Where's that from, by the way? That's just loaf. Oh, I love it. And then this kitchen, navy, is it navy blue or black? It is railing, so it's blue-black. Yeah, a mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I love the shelf above your kitchen. When you were talking before, I kept staring at it, mm. and I was like, it's like a styling shelf. I need yeah, one of those I know. in my kitchen. I didn't plan it to be that. When I put it in, they actually, when I moved in here, they had like a railway sleeper shelf in there. It was quite funny that when the guys I bought the flat off, like they, they took a lot with them. Like they took the kitchen door, <laughs> they wow. took the shelf. They took a lot of things. Yeah, it was quite funny. I was like, oh, there's no door. Um, <laughs> but I knew I wanted to have a shelf there. But I thought it would be for kind of crockery and 
ceramics and glasses and stuff. And then I got it. And then I put, I think I, I, I don't know, I put some books up there or I put that sign, my Aloha sign. And then it just sort of grew from there. And I was like, oh, I think this is just going to be an impractical shelf. We'll it's the first thing you see when you walk in. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Bright pink Ibiza books. And I think those books as well, like they're t- almost too good to... Definitely. You know, like those... They're so It's cool. quite nice having them on show rather than just hidden under a pile. Yeah. And that, that flamingo one, it's really old. It's like a kind of... I bought that in an antique shop and it's it doesn't look it there, but it's actually, it's huge. If you put it on a coffee table with any other book, it almost it won't fit in any of my shelves or anything. So it's I was a like, book called Birds by Katrina Cook and yeah. it's got a massive pink flamingo on the front cover. <laughs> but this room is your kitchen, your dining room. Yeah. It's a really lovely, gorgeous table, actually. Really nice table that we're sitting around now. Lovely. You can fit eight round it. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. And then TV at the back, like sofa, and then going out onto the garden. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is where you congregate the most. Yeah, this is definitely where I spend basically all my time. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I do have, I have an, a bedroom and a second bedroom, but my second bedroom is kind of an office. But I have to admit, it isn't really used as an office anymore. I kind of end up working here, especially since I've had my dog. You know, you kind of, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, I just, I, you know, I'm all, I want access to the kettle and the radio and yeah, that happened to me. The TV on occasion. When I moved here, yeah, exactly. When I moved into my house, I, I had had an office set up, and then I just found myself downstairs the whole time because it's brighter yeah. and yeah, nearer the kitchen. Yeah. As long as you've got a room where I can sort of shove everything at the end of the day, I'm quite good at putting my laptop down at a certain time. So I don't feel like I'm too bad with that. But yeah, I love. I just yeah, I just love the space. I love that I've kind of. Yeah, I mean, I used to live in a tiny flat where I could barely have anyone over, so it's such a treat to still... I've been here two years, and I still, like, you know, think, oh, God, I need to have more dinner parties or have people over because I can actually see eight people for dinner, yeah, which amazing. is, like, yeah. a real treat, whereas before I didn't even have a dining room table, so... That's amazing. Yeah, I like I've just it. spotted over there when you are talking about books that you've colour-coordinated your books. <laughs> yeah. um, are you quite an organised person, or is that just flat shelf? No, I mean, I'm. Uh, am I an organised? Do you have person? a label maker? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely I love that. That's your not. question. That's, that's how you know. Do you have a label maker? Yes, I, <laughs> I use it maybe once a week. I think you're probably you're both. You both seem very organised. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm sort of I was quite conscious before you came around of being like, God, I'm because I'm definitely a maximalist. Like I have stuff. But this makes me want more stuff. Whereas I feel like you with your capsule wardrobe, you know, you being all edited. And I'm like, God, I need to sort my life out. I'm somewhere in between. I'm the person that did own a label maker but has lost it somewhere. That that sums me up. I'm somewhere between both of you, I think. But it it suits you having all the stuff and it it looks amazing. Organised chaos, maybe I should say. That is the idea. I don't know. I just, yeah, love things. I'm a bit of a hoarder. I can't, I find it really hard to like part with things. Everything has some sort of weird sentimental thing attached to it so but it's nice that everything has sentiment yeah. to it and you haven't just bought it from like some high no. street store like where no. do you find you go to for your like interior if I could go back and do one thing differently it would actually be to not rush things quite as much as I did in that when I was buying stuff the chairs that yours the wishbone dining chairs that you're sitting on I always wanted those I saw the blog post before you bought them did you <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted those I got these from Graham and Green so they're not they're not real wishbone chairs the tables rose grey. So, like, I did actually go down the kind of, like, classic kind of homeware store route for lots of the furniture. And if I had my time again, I'd probably spend a bit more time sourcing stuff. But, you know, when you're moving in and you just want to get everything done and... Yeah. But then all, lots of the extra stuff, like, all the kind of... Lots of the crockery and my, like, little decor stuff, that's all just stuff that I've picked up along the way. I love Kempton Market. 
Sunbury Antiques yes. down at Kempton. That's amazing. That's like the first Tuesday of every month or something yeah, complicated. Exactly. Like, I always <laughs> miss it. Two Tuesdays, every other Tuesday. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't been for ages. I really want to go. I really wanted to get some stuff from my garden from there. So I love that. I love... They, like, I live, I mean, I'm not far from Goldbourne Road, which is amazing for antiques and Portobello. So, yeah, I love, I do love sort of the whole thrifting thing. But it's more that now this place is, feels so full, I don't really have anywhere to put any of the stuff that I'm sort of sourcing. So I've kind mm. of had to put a cap on it, really, and just buy the small <laughs> hand luggage stuff. Yeah. Do you have, like, a soft spot for any particular things that you've bought and sourced? Any favourites? Favourites? I feel like there's actually some really great independent sort of designers at the moment in London who I'm kind of lucky enough to know a couple of them personally and a couple of them just through Instagram for years like Frances Costello who's done this kind of face painted lampshade she does ceramic shells as well like which I like really great for jewelry dishes and stuff which I've got two of which I love my friend Matilda Goad who makes amazing lampshades vases like I love her pieces actually this platter this paint splattered thing I bought that in Puglia cost me like 10 euros but it weighs about 10 kilos did you get that home actually did I pack it in my main case no I can't even remember it's gigantic that's a what 50 centimeter diameter (laughs) we went we went to this my my friend my friend Sophie you know being very descriptive (laughs) yeah very descriptive really proud of that it did make me laugh (laughs) My friend Sophie was obsessed with like splatter, like splatterware. Mm. So we went to this outlet place in Puglia and found all these amazing things. And classic me, I was the only person who actually bought anything. I bought the biggest <laughs> thing there, but it was so it was really cheap. So I was like, gotta get it. It's gorgeous. It's white with like a teal splatter on it's it. It's Really gorgeous. Yeah. So I love love things like that. And I didn't buy it, but my, Frances actually for my thirtieth, she got me this little antique prints in my room and it's sort of like different moon phases of January 1987 which is my birthday wow yeah so that was I love that and I love like I love anything with like moon stars you know celestial that's such a nice idea such a nice gift so yeah it was really nice so yeah you just have to do some serious like thrifting in an antique shop to find it yeah I don't don't know how she sourced it but it's so nice can we talk about your garden because as soon as you walked into this room we just looked straight out there and I went oh my god your garden's amazing you said you recently did it up yeah so it's like you've painted all the fencing black around yeah, the edges. Yeah, that was a real decision. That was like took a long time to decide. It works. It's very like Ibiza-y out there. Yeah, I mean, I love LA and I wanted it to be like ah, a little bit of LA yeah. in London. I mean, I would have loved it to be white. But again, in London, I just think white can look a bit drab. It, you know, if we've got buses going past, it ends up getting a bit polluted and a bit... Yeah, so... Went down the really dark route, but there was a lot of deliberating. My boyfriend thought I was a bit mad because I was going through paint samples and there was a a black one and then a kind of mid-grey. And he was like, oh, I think we should go for more the mid-grey. But I was just, I just had this feeling that like, no, I think the black's going to look more striking. It's going to look better with the green. Builder thought I was losing my marbles. And I was like, <laughs> so here's the black paint. He was like, what the? Yeah. And then afterwards he was like, okay, it looks quite good. It looks amazing. <laughs> and you've got this kind of built-in bench with lavender coming out the top. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it all, it was, if you'd seen it before, like it has been a real transformation. Like it was a really grim kind of br- red brick kind of yard before. That's the best I can describe it as. It's a yard. It was really gross. Didn't have any plants, nothing. I saw a rat out there once. Oh, that's London, oh, isn't that's it? London for you. I think it'd come under the fence at the back. So when I redid it, I was like, take the fence right down to the floor. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Do, you, get Do you have a before photo? 
I can probably find one on my phone. So yeah. we'll pop it on the Acast app and then people yeah, can see yeah, what yeah. they're like before. Yeah, I'll try and find one. I need to do that, actually. I keep meaning to post that. Before and after. Yeah. Love a before and after. You've just made a really good use of the space. You've got an eye yeah. for the space that you've got and how it can be used in yeah. the most practical way, for sure. Yeah, because before it had kind of two raised brick flower beds here. So it just had a narrow entrance up the stairs. We opened the whole thing up and I had a, a garden designer helping me with it. So he kind of put forward some ideas. Like I said, I want an L-shaped seating area, but it took us a while to figure out things like the different levels of the seating area and the fact that it's like reclaimed scaffolding and stuff, like all those little things I was really keen to make happen. And there's no legs on the bench, so it, no, kind of, it's it gives it more air, more space. Yeah, yeah. It's genius. <sighs> Basically, can we move in? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we were going to ask you to describe your style, but I feel like you've done such a good job of it. Your style is very much, it's just you. <laughs> it's just so hard to explain, it's just you. You, <laughs> you buy things you like, and then you make it work. Yeah, I mean, I think, I guess, I used to be a lot more like, minimal maybe whereas I feel like now I've kind of done a like a 360 I think yeah I, I actually love color I love kind of being a bit playful with things not taking it too seriously I think is the thing like I think especially in fashion like you can take things so seriously I think it's just quite fun to actually just wear what you like and just sort of enjoy it really I definitely think that's something to think about like if you're away and you see a painting or a lampshade that you like don't worry too much about how it fits in if you love it yeah, you'll make yeah. it work yeah exactly Throw I mean it in your suitcase yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly I mean I think with my house as well like it's one of those things where it's I don't know. I never really know how to describe it. It's just really eclectic. And I, yeah, I mean, sometimes I wish it was a little bit more stylized and refined and stuff. But Are you kidding me? It's, it's amazing. Beautiful. One day. I mean, things like the tiles in my kitchen stuff, I didn't choose those. I'm gagging for one day when I can like have a whole house as a project like oh, that that's is the dream. That's we'll the work thing. On it. Yeah. yeah. It's a work it's yeah. We'll get it. We're getting there. <laughs> So seeing as we're such super fans, especially of your style, we were wondering if we can take a little peek inside your wardrobe. Sure. That. It's a bit horribly messy, but <laughs> yeah, sure. us for a wardrobe. We don't care. <laughs> Let's, Should we course. get you headed in yeah, the other yeah, room? Yeah, yeah. So we're now in the spare bedroom, which is like your office slash, <laughs> slash dumping room. <laughs> You've been very like, don't judge me, don't judge me. But I walk in and I'm like, this is inspirational. There's just oh, colour stop. I love it. It's a Monica room. It's a bit of a dumping ground. <laughs> Sometimes if I do, like I'm in the middle of a big clear out at the moment and then after a clear out, it can look quite fresh. Mm. But um, it's not looking that fresh right now. So do you <laughs> keep you found your, you in the middle? <laughs> do you keep all your clothes in here or no. some in your bedroom? I've got like a freestanding rail in here, which is kind of all the more like statementy stuff. Mm. And then I've got all my jeans, plain t-shirts, like... All my jackets are next door. It's very confusing. It's not very organised. It's basically divided across any available space, just grouping stuff together. But yeah, it's not that, not that organised. So you wake up in the morning. Yeah. How do you decide what to wear? Because for me, I'm like, oh, it's hot today. I'm only going to do when like I first a... wake up in the morning, I mean, I walk my dog first thing. So you will, I literally put on a pair of leggings and a t-shirt. And that's Amazing. it. <laughs> Every yeah. day. So I don't really think about it that much. And I do definitely recite. Like I don't play around with stuff all the time you know if like this dress I've worn like dare I say three times in the last week like Where's I love it again? uh HVN it's Harley Vieira Newton's brand so nice like white with red cherries on it it's just a little so, so like little easy like throw on dresses that's why I love realization pass so much because they're just easy or you know you kind of that combination of kind of I don't know a certain pair of trousers with a certain trainer 
I'll sort of wear that with different t-shirts. I'll mix, you know, so I kind of go through, find a few things that I like and then I'll wear them a few times and then find something else that I like and wear that a few times. So you, Do you like plan the night forward to wear or do you just literally... Please. <laughs> if only I had... If only. If I always only think I could I'm going do to that. and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, no, I don't no. know what I'm going to wear. I... No. I love it if I have time to pack. Like, now I'm pretty good at packing at, like, midnight at a 6am flight. But when I do have the time to pack and kind of put things in piles and see how many tops I've got and which skirts then I love being able to have that time but to be honest it doesn't really happen that much so no (laughs) what's clean and what goes together vaguely normally that thing where I'm like where is that one white top that's going to go with this thing it's the one thing you can't find that is the story of my life that's why I'm perennially 10 minutes late (laughs) it's always in the wash you were ready today on time. I was, but you were coming to me. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's true. So. That is very true. So we've got a rail here of super fun things, yeah. but you're also a big fan of essentials and basics. Definitely. I'm sure it's a question you get asked all the time. Yeah. But if you had to do like five must-have, things that you have in your wardrobe that you just couldn't be without. Okay. Um, so jeans, specifically vintage Levi's or redone jeans, like a kind of nice sort of vintage wash non-stretch denim black leather biker jacket a white t-shirt good white t-shirt it's almost a full outfit there jeans white t-shirt leather yeah. jacket yeah I think a dress so I think I'd actually go for a, I'd say a slip dress like a, a mid-length slip dress because you can wear it under a jumper over a t-shirt on its own beach London I love love a slip dress oh god five what was my last what about one shoes you can, you can accessory one Shoes, it really depends what time of year, but black boots of mm. some kind. It's funny because I've got so much colour in front of me, but when you really boil it down to things you can't live without, it is it is the basics. I think because I definitely, I use jeans, leather biker jacket and white t-shirt to like, this sounds like I'm like cooking, like temper everything. <laughs> like that's, if I've got something that's a bit out there, like <laughs> this, which I'm obsessed with, <gasps> this jacket. Oh wow, is, is that like silk? It's like a blue, yeah. blue silk with, with daisy no. print, kind of. It's like the, the shirt from Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so Where's that from? It's from this new brand called De La Valle. So like weird and wonderful pieces like that, I would wear that with just a white t-shirt and jeans. So it balance, it feel like it like... Yeah. Balance it out a bit, you know. I mean, I, I love, like, wearing st- lots of different things together. But, yeah, sometimes if you have those basics, it makes everything a bit... If I'm ever wearing, like, a fancy, like, a dress, I don't really dress up that much. But if I was wearing something out in London, like, a bit of a sort of fancier dress or a jumpsuit, if I have a biker jacket over it, I feel like I can get the tube. Like, I feel like it's more kind yeah. of me. Whereas if I was just in heels and a dress, like, I'd feel like a bit like a fish out of water. I don't yeah, know. Definitely. And finding the perfect white tea is tricky. Like it where's is your tricky. if you had your to pick like one. If your house is burning down, you could grab one I've white got, t-shirt. I've got my, probably the one by it's called it's by a brand called The Great, who are the guys behind the guys behind current Elliot, and then they started their own brand called The Great. And I've got a white t-shirt from them that's amazing. It's like I actually slightly like sheer white t-shirts. Some people hate them. I quite like it where you can see I don't know, just a, a, a hint of bra underneath and really baggy, really oversized, round neck, quite boyish. 
Yeah, that's what I like. I wow. knew we were going to leave here wanting to buy lots of things. <laughs> same, <laughs> same. And actually, the little jingle of your necklace there just reminds me, because I'm wearing yeah. my Lucy Williams from... Mis- is it Missoma? Come on, you can clear this up for us. Well, how do you pronounce so it? So it is Missoma. Okay, great. It's Missoma. Okay, Missoma. It's Missoma. But I always used to, to say Missoma, but then yeah. obviously working with Marisa at Missoma... I now I've got it in my head. It's Missima. Yeah, yeah. But it's such but an it amazing collaboration. It's done so well. And yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I literally, I, it's yeah, so happy with it. I mean, it's been going for God, like two or three years now. So it's sort of been going a while, but it's still one of those things where, like, every time I see someone wearing it, I'm like, it really gets me. I love it. Yeah, you're the queen of collaborations because you've had Missima jewelry. Yeah. I can't pronounce. How do you pronounce the shoe brand? Ad. AD, yeah. had shoes recently, and yeah. they've just come out with swimwear. Yeah, so with... these are all kind of that was with love stories, the swimwear. Yeah, so those are my th- those were my two for this. So Missum is an ongoing thing, and these were my two kind of standalone for the year. Yeah, I mean it, it's funny because I never want to sort of oversaturate. Now I've done these two, like you know that's me done for a while, but I think it's all slowly. I don't know, maybe testing the water for doing something myself. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Because, I mean, the collaboration process is fun. And, yeah, I mean, you I obviously it. have a real hand in what you're doing. Yeah. But has it made you yeah. giving a bit of an appetite for something yeah. on your own? Des- I, lo- I mean, I think designing's a whole different ballgame. And I would never claim to be a designer because it's, you know, I'm not trained to draw and stuff. But I know what I want to wear and I know how I want it to fit. So, yeah, I d- I've definitely got aspirations to do something myself. But haven't quite got the guts to do it just yet because I think it's more the guts in terms of like I think someone once said to me you have to be prepared to give up 70% of your current business and dedicate that towards this new venture Mm. I'm not quite there yet and I also haven't had the light bulb moment of like that's what I want Mm. to do I don't really know what my what a brand would look like yet so well we are ready with our wallets (laughs) when you are yeah I'm like you've got three customers here because Amy our producer's smiling away (laughs) I have a personal question to ask you that I just really want to know you are the queen of summer dressing, as well as being the queen of collaborations. <laughs> as someone who hates summer dressing, I just get so hot and so sweaty. Yeah. And, oh, even now, I'm like, oh, I just want to put my hair up. Do you have any tips for that? How to embrace the hot weather? I sometimes find in London, like, it's not my natural hot habitat. Like, for the beach, I'm fine. In London, I'm a bit like, oh. I love a kind of mid-length skirt with a T-shirt. I love kind of, I love little tea dresses. Dresses are great because you don't have to think and you can just sort of throw things on. It is such a boring thing to say, but like silks, linens, cottons, anything, like nothing man-made because it will stick to you. Mm. Um, Mid-length's good if you're taking the tube because yeah. it won't blow up. Exactly. <laughs> dresses on And me. actually short in London, like, it shouldn't do, but I, I don't know, sometimes I don't want to wear something really short walking yeah. around. Like this is a good length because it's like... Just above It's just knee. above knee. You feel quite, uh, yeah, whereas... Tiny, tiny dresses. I think, yeah, you never know where a gust of wind's going to yeah. come from. <laughs> you know, just kind of, yeah. Or like, I hate that feeling when you're wearing something and you're constantly having to like check yourself and pull things down. Yeah. Like to me, there's no worse feeling than wearing a skirt and standing around doing that. Like, I hate yeah. it. I love a good pair of linen trousers. I love like, you know, vintage Levi's with some kind of like loose shirt. I don't know, just keeping it quite relaxed. Like I always think the 70s is quite a good hmm point of reference to go down for summer you're very 70s I love it 70s <laughs> and on like a non-gram day when you're just chilling you want to be your most comfortable what's yeah. your like go-to uniform this time of year probably baggy like jeans like Levi's and a t-shirt yeah. like that that pretty much is it I've got like a couple of like longer dresses which I do like throwing on 
But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably if I'm hanging at home, jeans and a t-shirt, that's pretty much all you'll find me in. Or like some revolting, like, active wear that I haven't changed out from out of from the morning. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty chilled at home. Do you have your top, like what would be your favourite places where you shop? Maybe new finds, because I feel like you're quite into mango. Yeah, I love a bit of mango. Love a bit of mango. Yeah, I love mango. I mean, high street wise, mango's definitely up there. I'm a really lazy online, like I just online shop in London, especially. Like I met someone the other day and she was like, she was from LA and she was like, oh my God, you got to tell me like, where should I shop in London? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to tell you. It sounds awful, but I can give you some good vintage homeware stores. But yeah. I love vintage. Like I love Portobello and I love wandering around there. But I, you know, I actually think Netta Porter and Matches are getting better and better at their kind of mid-range boutique brands. Lots of the brands that I've discovered and fallen in love with, they've started buying. Like Ganny, Dord, I think De Lavalli's on Matches or Browns now. Like Faithful is on Netta Porter now. You know, e-tailers are like really opening up and making it like bringing in those real boutique brands. Um, so I love, I shop at those places a lot. I mean, I find that I shop through Instagram quite a lot in terms of like discovering brands, spending a fortune on customs to get it from the US, <laughs> which is just like ridiculous. You know, whether it's like a little like, jewel, I'm not actually wearing the colourful ones, but I'm really into this um, jewellery designer called Roxanne Azaline at the moment or like solid and striped swimwear whatever it is I kind of I shop direct with brands quite a lot to be honest that's interesting I feel the same way about Netta Porter actually yeah just to go on and how do you find the inspiration of the things that you buy is it stuff that you've seen on people you see it online or you have an idea in your head like oh I need a new yeah white t-shirt a real mixture. Sometimes I will just browse and I'll just go into what's new and just look. Mm. And normally there's always that instant, like, I need that. I have to have that. And I'm not very good at editing. <laughs> I'm quite bad at just being like, we'll have that. And then I'll end up returning it. But I think it's always the beginning of a new season. I go into like a bit of a like craze. Like I love, you know, the new collections that come out or like the new pieces. And then I'll go through a bit of a lull where I'm quite happy with what I've got. I don't really want to shop. I don't really want to look online. And then it'll happen again. Mm. And when I travel as well, like I lo- like if I go to the States, I'll always make sure I go try and go to Reformation or... So I don't know, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll shop more on the ground when I'm travelling. Whereas in London, yeah, just sort of figuring out as I go along. <laughs> I love a good online shop. Yeah. As we've mentioned... We just think your style is so loosey. Yes. You've just got it down, whether it's the restaurants that you're into, your interiors, your wardrobe, it's all just very you. You're very <laughs> on brand. <laughs> Do you have any advice for people of finding that taste that you have, like finding your own personal style that just feels very comfortable for you? Well, I think that's the thing. I think it's finding out what you feel comfortable in. Like to me, what I feel comfortable in, if it's like vans and a dress, where, you know, whereas someone else will feel their absolute best in sky high heels and a, and a little dress and that's what they feel like ready to take on the day in so and that is that is through trial and error like you know you know when you you know when you put something on and you just don't quite feel like yourself or that confident or that great it's a sign that maybe you just haven't quite hit the nail on the head so then I think it's just figuring out what I think that's the thing for me it's about feeling feeling comfortable feeling good and yeah and just wearing the stuff that kind of makes you feel like the best version of yourself and I think that is different for everyone I think it's also about sometimes putting the blinkers on and just being like well that person's wearing that and that that's awesome but it just it doesn't quite work for me um it's a bit like finding your perfect red lipstick yeah you know as soon as you put it on if it 
looks perfect or if it doesn't quite exactly exactly so yeah I don't know I think it's just about giving stuff a go like I was always that person in sixth form and when I was working at magazines and stuff oh god I mean I think I thought I was Cher from Clueless sometimes like (laughs) the stuff I was putting out and I think I kind of actually funnily enough like I've gone back to those kind of roots now like I was still I love a co-ord you know those kind of things but you know, I used to wear, like, over-the-knee socks and do all these kind of weird and wonderful dressing up I did things. the stripy socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got yeah. to experiment to know what you like. So you've got to experiment. And then I think eventually you just sort of... Yeah, just, I don't know, just having fun with it. And I th- I think you, you... Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I follow certain people on Instagram that I'm like, their style is killer. And actually, more and more, it's the people who... You almost can't recreate it. It's just, like, a unique... And, and I, I wouldn't necessarily want to take that carbon copy and dress like it, but I just respect that they're you know, marching to the beat of their own drums. So I, I don't know, just finding that own little, yeah. Try new things, don't be afraid to return them. Exactly. Says the queen of online shopping. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much for having us, Lucy. You were a great guest and I'm sure all of you guys listening would have really enjoyed this episode. She really is as cool Oh, she seems in real life. She's even cooler. She is. You didn't think it was possible, guys, but it is. It really is. We left and walking up the road, we were just like... <sighs> yeah, we really were. So if you would also like to follow Lucy, you can find her on her blog, fashionmenow.co.uk, and she's at fashion underscore me underscore now on Twitter and at lucywilliam02 on Instagram. I love Fashion Me Now, and I always remember it as fashion meow (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's true actually you can subscribe rate and review us on itunes listen on acast if you want to see the photos and sound and production are done by amy elizabeth have a great week and we'll be back next wednesday with a new episode of at home with see you then bye (laughs)